This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, the perfect place for a pre-match pint. Welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Uh, I'm James and um, let's see who we've got this evening. Is that Dan Fudge I hear there pattering in the background? Yeah, that's me. That's me having a little patter away. You know, you know me. Love pattering me. That's a crap intro, isn't it? I should do that again. Are you? Are you, are you no, I mean, they're always crap. Don't worry about it. Are you speaking All to right. us from the delights of Southampton? No, I'm in that London. Uh, at the oh. minute, I'm uh, I'm in I'm in Shoreditch, which uh, which has got a minging name, but it's actually Ooh. quite pleasant. This as that's far a bit as fancy for London you. Goes. Well, you know me, always always mixing with the fancy. Not as much as Eddie and his skiing holidays, but you know, I'm uh, I'm out and about sometimes. Well, speak of the devil, um, he's back from his skiing expedition uh, with. Uh, let's do a quick count up. Is that zero broken bones that you've got there, Eddie? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what, Shoreditch. I can't afford Shoreditch. Dan Fudge is now... We, when this podcast started, Lord Hillsborough <laughs> was the only true blue-blooded uh, gent around. And then, I, you know, I was, I was a, a poor second. And then I did all right for myself. Things were going well. I had a few skiing holidays. But I never dreamed of the day that I would be doing a podcast live from Shoreditch with all the hipsters, with all these celebrities. <laughs> Dan yeah. Fudge is now the new big dog on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. X gone, give it to you. That's it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> walking around this morning in uh, in, the, in this here borough, as, as they call it in that London. Uh, I've never seen so many bearded people scratching the face because it was quite warm today. And you, you kind of want to walk up to them going, how's your hipster beard working out for you, brother? That all right, is it? You having a good time? <laughs> 
Um, Dickie, are you anywhere exciting right now? No, I, I, I can trump you all. I'm sat in Grenoside. Get me. <laughs> wow. Grenoble yeah. Village. Rock and roll. I fact, actually, it... that's, a, that's a good thing we could do. We could do, like, what's got the worst minging place name? Is it Shoreditch or is it Grenoside? What sounds worse? <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's a... <laughs> One of my, my favourite... My favourite memories of uh, of making new friends uh, at Wednesday matches was uh, I, I met a bloke and um, I said, oh, so uh, do you live in Sheffield? He goes, yeah, yeah. I said, so whereabouts are you from? He goes, uh, it's not murder, it's just Grenoside. Brilliant. <laughs> Think about Brilliant. it. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I might use that one. That's, that's good That's material. good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, right, boys. You know what's what's going to happen now. Are you excited? You? I'm very excited for you, James. You've been waiting for this for 12 months, James. <laughs> A whole season. Hey, Rich, trust me, I haven't. Um, <laughs> so, right, yeah, come on. Let's talk about Wolves away. Um, my first, my first question. Your fanfare, surely. Do you know what hap- what happened on? Um, on Saturday, and this is—I mean, this—this this, I think this happened like once before. Someone came over and said, "Oh, could I have, um, could I have a photo with you?" I'm like, uh, "If you want." And he went, "Well, it's just because it's wolves away." You <laughs> <laughs> should, should have a t-shirt made. Yeah, imagine that! Imagine a t-shirt with that on it. Imagine a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> also available at T-Mill. Um, I, think, Did, I, um, I love the idea. I love the idea of this guy seeing you about all over the country, all of these away games at Hillsborough many a time, but only wanting your picture specifically at Wolves away. At Wolves you know away. what I mean? That's uh, that's your thing now. You know, like you know, like uh, which was nice, and uh, and you know, does my bum look big in this? That's become your catchphrase now, James. You know what I mean? That's that's mm. something you're gonna have to start sliding in. This that's your Victor Meldrew. I don't believe it. That you know, that's yours. That you know what I mean? I, I, know, I, I, I mentioned this on the podcast <laughs> last week that uh, you know, of all the many and varied things and and stuff that's happened and that we've talked about over the last three years, somehow. Fucking Wolves Away has become my thing. And I hate it. I hate Wolves Away. I hate Wolverhampton. It's an awful place. I'm delighted they've got promoted because we have to bloody go there next season. Um, and yeah, it's become my thing. People think that I love it. Can you I imagine you, I blame how you guys you're going to be? Can you imagine how excited you're going to be when in 12 months' time we're sitting here going, James, James, next season, we've got Wolves Away again. <laughs> <laughs> If actually, James, was I am I wrong in thinking that the the origin of can we talk about Wolves away was that it was a crap end of season game nil, nil. when yeah. where nobody really turned up and yeah. it was nil nil. Yeah, what it what it what I mean if you to if you want me to remind me of the story, then I'll remind you of the story. Uh, it was the last day of the season after we'd already qualified for the uh, the playoffs. And uh, what happened was very similar to us tonight. I was uh, I was kind of hosting. I was in the big chair hosting the um, the podcast, and all you guys wanted to do was talk about the playoff games. And I'd made the effort to go to Flipping Wolverhampton, where we played Michael <laughs> Turner and Vincent Sasso as our central defenders, and uh, yes, we lost two one following a terrible performance. And I said that we will not win the playoffs after going there and turning in that kind of um, terrible performance because the playoffs are all about momentum. We will not get promoted after that. And what happened? We didn't get promoted. So it's all down 
to Wolves away as to why we didn't win the um, the playoffs two years ago. <laughs> so I'm concerned then with them going up. Is this going to be what's going to be our other barometer for you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if this is the yardstick in which you measure Wednesday season against, and we're not, we've not got any more. I mean, who, who are you going to go for now, Brentford? Uh, well, I did before the game. I did do my um, my kind of I think it was top eight favorite days of the year. Uh, and Wolves away came in eighth, and uh, Brentford away I think came in something like fourth. So um, yeah, it will be. Interestingly, of course, next year will be the last proper Brentford away because they're moving stadium. So next season will be the last one at Griffin Park. So even that'll be crap as well. I, I, I mean, I really hate to do this, kind of kicking and screaming. We probably should talk a little bit about some football at some point on this football podcast. Um, what which, game do you want to talk to about, me, James? Which brings Go me on. to the question. Did, did any of you actually follow the game in any way, shape or form? Not one <laughs> Not a jot. <laughs> is that, is that a resounding no? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I had, I had flash score on. Anyone watch the highlights back? Yes. Uh, but, yes right. Well, that but, gives uh, us something. Even then, because here's here's my um, uh, recollection: is getting to Birmingham, drinking a lot. Oh dear. That's about it. Um, I, was, yeah. I I was there. I remember that. I remember lots of gold flags being waved around. But I can't say I remember. I don't remember a lot about the match. I remember the Wolves fans singing songs to Tango, and I can't remember what the songs were. But there was something along the lines of "He's one of our own" or something like that, or "You should yeah, have been they... Wolves." They were singing various songs to Tango, and they seemed more interested in him than the fact that they just won the league, which I thought was, uh, it was the on- quite interesting. The only time ever that Tango didn't just have the "You Fat Bastard" chant at mm-hmm. him. It was literally, it was like his homecoming. You know, you and Tango should get together and start the Wolves Away fan club because it is, it's <laughs> literally the defining moment of both of your public personalities. <laughs> Wolves guys. Wolves guys. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Things that I've noticed about the game subsequently, either through highlights or through social media. So we gave Wolves a uh, guard of honour which I think is fairly common practice, isn't it? They won the league, they won it in some kind of style. Did you notice Barry Bannon refuse, not just refusing, but actually like making a point of <laughs> having his hands right around his back um, to not join in with the um, with the guard of honour? It's the it's a cheeky smile on his face as he does it. It's actually like, nah, you can get in the bin. Like, um, yeah. He's sort of leaning back they... a little bit, isn't he? Is he's just, yeah, you know, he's going, mm, uh, I'm not uh, doing uh, this. <laughs> like Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's something reminiscent about it. Do you remember when, um, was it Nathan Tyson? He uh, picked up the corner flag when he was playing for Forrest and he had the Forrest badge on it and he had this cheeky little grin on his face while he was waving it in front of the Derby fans. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. And then, yeah, and it was, he was like a figure of hatred for them and then signed <laughs> for him not three months later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, Barry might be there trying to, you know, orchestrate himself a Premier League move. You never know. <laughs> I take it it was, it was a, a Villa thing, wasn't it, that? It wasn't just that he literally... You know, yeah. hated hated Connor Cody or something. I don't you know. There was no, there was, there's nothing. There's there's no undercurrent there. It was literally just like, oh, I played, I played for La Villa. I don't give a shite about these wankers. Where's he, where's, where's he yes, because he's Jamaican now. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm saying. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what, how, how's it? Wankers. How does that go? 
Skype, Skype obviously just messed with my voice. <laughs> that was a bang on accent. <laughs> Uh, other talking points um, that so I've got written down. <laughs> Can we talk about young Jordan Thornley? Uh, because he featured in the highlights at a couple of points, making uh, a couple of, of half-decent challenges. Um, Absolutely and, awesome challenges. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean he's, he's kind of... He's sort of been in and out of the team a little bit, hasn't he? And he's had a bit of a run of, of late. He had a bit of a run just at kind of the start of the um, the, the, the the year. He had a, f- a few games where he played um, there. What What's your kind of take on Thornley? Do you reckon that he is going to be, you know, kind of in, in contention to become a first-team regular next season? So I think that it's been clear, hasn't it, with the um, the FFP situation, etc., that our... Um, our tactic is going to be promote from within. It's going to be developing the youth. Um, I think that there are probably few championship teams where there are players um, who are coming out of that that youth system um, and playing regularly in the 23s that are going to get a chance like the players here at Sheffield Wednesday. We've seen it all through this season, haven't we? Um, and, you know, quite encouragingly, I can't think of too many players who haven't um, made their debut or, you know, come on and, and performed um, a role in this season that have embarrassed themselves, have they? You know, and Jordan Thornley is the the latest in a long line. I think he is, he, he's done absolutely fine. Certainly as well as you'd expect a player with no first team experience, you know, pretty much at any level, um, you know, to do. So, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a signal for the, uh, you know, for the future, I think we know exactly what we're going to see next season, which is going to be more of this. Um, but also, I think we can be quite enthused about that. It's not like we're saying we've got no money; we're going to have to throw the kids in. What we're saying is we've got a real, not an embarrassment of riches, but we've got real prospects. Uh, you know, at youth level, and we're confident enough in their ability to, you know, for them to to come through and hold their own in the championship. Whether we keep hold of the likes of a Sean Clare, who's come in and done more than just held their own, um, might be a moot point. But certainly, you know, Jordan Thornley is absolutely what we want to see um, coming out of the, you know, the youth, the, you know, the academy structure and the youth team um, and performing at this level. I get that. I understand. I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. But there's just a few things where, even in those times against Wolves, where he's had to make these last-ditch challenges and and get round the the front of these marauding forwards going forward. But that's because he was out of position in the first place. Now, I you know there, there are things that you learn as you get older and um, and where to stand. And position is a is a huge part of it because, like I said on on the podcast two weeks ago against QPR, he was nothing short of atrocious. I mean, he was he was awful. But um, there is definitely some raw talent there. I don't want to, you know, judge him on just one game that, that, that he's played. He's clearly got some talent or won't be any near, anywhere near the first team. But, um, but I feel, yeah, that there is, there is definitely a future for him, whether it's at this club or another. He's going to go on to be a championship fullback, if, if that makes sense, without trying to cap his career a lot. You know He's what playing I mean? against you, ten million pound, fifteen million pound players. Let's, yeah. You know, let's not forget 
It's not. This is yeah. this is not coming in and not impressing in a uh, a nothing match against Walsall, which we've had in the past, haven't we? You know, this is um, a lad that's expected to come in and deal with the very, you know, the very very best of the championship players who have been signed, uh, probably against the spirit of financial fair play, uh, because they are of Premiership quality. And I think, you know, as, as much as he did look lost at sea at times against QPR. I thought that he looked um, vastly improved. I think I thought he looked like he knew what he was doing. He was well drilled, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't pull out any mistakes that he made on Saturday. And but, to be fair yeah, to him as well, he was every other game he's played for us. It's been part of a, you know, it's been as a as centre back as part of a back three. This was, yeah. as far as I'm aware, the first time he's played not not even as a fullback but as a wing back. And there's quite a lot of work to do as a as a wing back, and it's a heck of a different role to playing as a as a centre back. I, I agree at QPR. He was uh, he was a full back, and, and and like you said, the um, the wing back role is a lot more running. And sorry, I've just dropped my fold away comb there. I don't know if you heard it. My apologies. fold away comb. <laughs> yeah, I've got like this sassy little comb, but that's not football. I'll, I'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you turned into North Yorkshire owls or something? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just realised that that little bit of speech I did there was like talking to the dog from up. You know what I mean? Like chat, chat, chat about something I don't know and then going squirrel. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of where I've gone. I'll, I'll do that bit again. So, yeah, I, I, no, I um, think it was fine. I think I yeah, think that was fine as it was. Yeah, yeah. I particularly yeah, enjoyed let, the let, dropping the comb on the floor. Well, anyway, let me tell you about this comb. It, it's kind of, it looks like one of those uh, ladies' makeup cases got a mirror in it and you pop these bristles out. It's lovely. Hey, Jack you pop it, should have. I know the type. Yeah, it's decent. Sure. It's decent. Let's move on, for God's sake. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> okay. A um, couple of very good saves by uh, by young Cameron Dawson as well. Um, now, here's my question for, for, for all three of you, actually. Let's go on the assumption at the moment that Kieran Westwood isn't going to go anywhere and that he's still going to be at the club. So we're starting next season with uh, three goalkeepers who've obviously all had a part to play this season. Who is going to be your first choice number one goalkeeper next season? Rich Davies. I I would say Westwood, I think, without a doubt. Although I think Dawson is now pushing for that number two because some of the saves he's made recently. I looked at some stats through there, I think. Has he got, out of the nine games he's played, has he got about four clean sheets, something like that, this season? Which, not not bad yep. little return. Yep. And, and, and some of the saves he made on Saturday Wolves and the highlights I saw, he looked... Um, he's more than competent, so I think he's going to push Wildsmith, which is... It's, we've always had good, good goalkeepers at Hillsborough, and it's um, an embarrassment of riches in that department, to, to use Eddie's phrase from earlier. Uh, Eddie? I'm, I, I, look, I, I think maybe for one more year, um, then fine. Let's let's stick with the uh, the one, two, three that we've got. Uh, personally, I think Joe Wildsmith is the real deal. Um, I know that he has been... Slightly more wobbly in the second half of the season than he was in the first half of the season. Um, but I think he is naturally the most talented young goalkeeper um, that I've seen at Hillsborough, you know, since since Kevin Pressman when he couldn't get in the team, um, you know, back when I was a, a, a young, young lad. So, uh, you know, yes, I think the long-term answer is Wildsmith. I think Cameron Dawson is a good, good keeper. Mm. I've got a feeling that he... He might be the guy that gets lost in the shuffle. I think that we might see one more year of Westwood being the nominal number one, um, Wildsmith, you know, pushing him and eventually taking the jersey, and Dawson 
ending up, you know, he might even drop a level or two and then end up being um, one of the better keepers in, you know, in the championship or even pushing a little bit further. He is, it, it, like, like Rich said, we have got a real, uh, a real strength in depth there with those three keepers. Every time I hear you say Westwood, Ed, I, I, I feel like you should be saying brap, brap, brap after it. Yo, this is why. Westwood. This is the big dog. You know what you're talking about, Westwood. I haven't, I haven't got my siren anymore. I don't have a soundboard anymore because I've changed systems. <laughs> so. For next season, I will get an actual air horn. My neighbours will love me. This will be the most outrageous thing that's ever happened in Sharavale. Um Dan Fudge, who's going to be your number one next season? Kieran Westwood for at least the next three years. You're all mental. He's, he's literally in the top two or three keepers in this league. He's, there, there is no one near to how good Kieran Westwood is. I think he's... he's <laughs> Wages, <dead>. salary. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Listen, you get what you pay for. You know, you, we're all Yorkshiremen. At the end of the day, you get what you pay for. And I think he's worth every penny. I think uh, I think Joe Wildsmith has got a lot to learn. I think Cameron Dawson's a great shot stopper, but I don't think he's been tested enough. I think um, in terms of Wildsmith, again, the QPR game was an absolute eye-opener. He's, uh, his shot stopping's good, but if your shot stopping's poor, what are you doing being a bloody goalkeeper to start with? The rest of it, the positioning, the movement, the commanding of the box, that all comes with experience, and they've all got that to learn. And I think that Westwood is 110, the keeper for me. Pretty much clean sweep then for, um, for Westwood. Westwood! I don't know you the answer to, to the question, you know. I reckon it will be <laughs> driven by other forces. Yes. I don't know what Very I mean by critic. that, but it sounds good, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> now, one final point about Wolves away, which is nothing to do with what happened on the pitch. So, um, I was I was get I was a bit bored by the end of the game, and I also had no real interest in seeing their big promotion party and lifting the trophy. The only reason I wanted to stay was just to see whether or not Danny Bart applauded the Wednesday fans, but that wasn't a good enough reason. So I started did, nagging did, my mates about. I don't, I'd gone. Uh, with about five minutes to go, I started nagging my mates, going, shall we go yet? Shall we go? Shall we, if we go now, we can get the train back into Birmingham and have a few nice beers. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Um, I didn't succeed. However, we did leave literally on the stroke of the final, um, the final whistle. So what I didn't see, and I'm hoping that you've all seen this subsequently on the various videos on social media, is Dancing Dad. Have you uh, have you seen Dancing Dad making yeah. it across oh, yes. the... Uh... I'm sure that was you, James, before the game. <laughs> it wasn't me. However, a uh, friend of the uh, podcast, uh, Jordan, Jordan Winter, who's um, Wednesday final lives down in uh, London, often meet up with him before games. It's his dad, Terry, um, who... Um, I mean, I, I want to put this in a way that doesn't, you know, risk any kind of uh, legal issues. But you know, he enjoys a beer. I feel like I've got a fair bit in common with him. He enjoys <laughs> he enjoys a drink, and I think he'd got into the spirit of uh, of last day of the uh, of the season. And to be fair yeah. to him, he's well and truly gone viral, hasn't he? That I've seen that video in <laughs> so many places and so many versions of it. And I mean, to be fair, he, they're not bad moves, are they? He was at Wolves away. He, at this point, is he bigger than a Birmingham executive box guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I stunned Brummy. No, I don't, no, I don't think big. anyone will ever have stunned Brummy. Exactly. Brummy. 
When you say Terry, is that the chap that I was speaking to at Bristol City that I had earmarked as one of my heroes from 20 years ago? Is it that Terry? I don't know if you remember, James. We were we were drinking Buckcom at uh, behind the, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was called. Again? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, were drinking, we were drinking Buckcom at the uh, back, back, back of house at, uh, at Bristol City and there right. was a chap there, Terry, who, yeah. who used to sit two, two rows behind me uh, when I had a season ticket back in the day. Was he? And, uh, uh, it... Was he a little bit drunk? He's seriously shit housed every time yeah, I yeah, see him. Yeah, that's I mean, that. That be him. Yeah. Is it that? Uh, he, he's like my hero. This guy. And when, when I was there through, I had a season ticket for like twelve years, and he used to sit two rows behind me, and he had these toy. Um, I want to say trumpets, like you get from a Christmas cracker <laughs> or something. And he used to turn up and just honk on this bloody thing for like the whole 90 minutes. And it's all I had. And he'd just hear, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I think I know exactly what Terry you mean. And the best thing about that entire video has got to be his, um, his uh, snazzy shirt, light jeans combination. I quite like what he's, going, what he's got going on there. And, I, you know, I love him. I love him. He's my hero. It's an absolute quality thing. And, and, you know, in previous years, it's kind of been like, you know, videos of, um, to, to coin the phrase, thunder chuffers that have been kind of thing that's gone viral for us. Uh, this season, it's uh, Terry dancing on the last day of the season <laughs> at, at Wolves Away. It's probably the highlight of our, um, of Wolves of our Away, season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there we go. Um, the game obviously finished 0 0. I don't think there's anything else to kind of say about, about the, uh, the match itself. Um, so, let us move on and uh, let us talk about the retained list, which Ooh. has been, um, as, as we record this actually on, is it Tuesday evening, uh, was announced just uh, a few yes. a few yep. hours ago. Now, there was a bit of like a, um, what's the word that they use in, in the newspapers and stuff? Spoiler. There was a bit of a spoiler earlier in the afternoon when uh, Ross Wallace... Uh, was it on his Instagram or his Twitter? Anyway, put, it on, he, yeah. put it on Instagram. Instagram. Was it on Instagram that he Instagram, revealed yeah. that he was Insta, um, yeah. on his way? Now, my first point here is that generally, as a club, we wait until kind of about a day before the start of the season before we yeah, yeah. Uh, actually announce our <laughs> retain. <laughs> so I was kind of like, before we Ross... announced the kit, we announced yeah. we announced what yeah. we're playing in. They're getting things in early this time. <laughs> so I assumed retain that Ross Wallace would get in trouble owls for in the this. Park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, I mean, I don't know whether or not is this Ross, Ross Wallace forcing the hand of our um, of our media team to make them think, oh, we better release it now, um, or whether we just seem to be a bit more on it this season, which is uh, which is quite promising. But let's talk about Ross Wallace first because he's the one that um, you know certainly on Twitter this afternoon. There's been I mean tribute after tribute uh, of people um, thanking him for you know particularly two amazing seasons. And let's be fair to the guy, some stunning, stunning goals. And you think of the one against Brighton in the playoff first leg, you think yeah. of the one at Fulham. But, I mean, there's tons of them, isn't there? Every goal seemed to be an absolute corker. I was going to ask this to you guys tonight. If you take away the prestige of the game from the Brighton um, from the Brighton goal, what was his best one out of those two that James just mentioned? The We were all at the Fulham game. And we're at the Brighton game. What what was his what was his best one? Because for me it was Fulham, but uh, Fulham, yeah. I don't think the internet agrees yeah, with me. Fulham. I think it's Fulham. Because I think the Brighton one see, meant I, more. I I'd have gone to Brighton because of the I think because of the when 
it was. Yeah. And how, yeah, that, the, the, the ceremony, no, that's not the right word, is it? The, um, the occasion behind it. I mean, it depends so, uh, how you judge it, doesn't exactly it? Exactly what uh, Fudge just said. Take away, take that away. <laughs> take that away. Right. Oh, Eddie, <laughs> shut up. Um, I, I, I would say, go by that away, argument. Take it though, away. Take it away now. I, I'd even say that the uh, the goal at Brighton in the second leg, um, yeah. which was because of the one, all the things that 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 happened on on that day and um you know we got stuck uh, on, on a coach a mile away from the ground at half past seven we had 15 minutes to run to actually make it for kickoff and then it was a barrage wasn't it of brighton for like 25 the, 30 minutes and the then they scored was so brutal yeah and, and, know, it they, and then after that, they scored it just it went up and watch yeah and that that made it possible didn't it that the goal, as much as you know, it came out of nowhere, made it possible for us to last the rest of it. Because if he doesn't score there, we, you know, we crumble. There is no team in the world that has um, the resilience to be able to deal with that amount of noise. They were they were sucking the ball into the net yeah. in the way that you know they they talk about you know the cop at Liverpool on European nights and blah blah blah. But he literally silenced that crowd, and that what that was what got us through that game was th- that goal at that moment, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was it. After that, wasn't it? It was like the tie was over. Yeah. That they, they didn't seem to have anything, um, anything left. And you know, I, I, I tweeted it earlier as well. Like just the whole that whole day. But then after the match, obviously Brighton carry on selling beer afterwards, and it was a big party with the stewards on everyone's shoulders, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then just as it started to die down, and we think, right, shall we go and get the uh, should we go get the train back? And then Ross Wallace himself just just walks past us. You know, he's he's driven his own car rather than getting the team bus. So we're like, oh, um, Ross, can we have a quick photo? So getting a you know a selfie with Ross Wallace on the night that he scores the goal of the playoff. You know, two legs where he scores a worldly at the home game, and and you know for that whole kind of series of you know a week and a bit or whatever it was. Um, I just, you know, I will forever have a place in my heart for Ross Wallace. Here, here. Okay. Um, so we've also found out today that uh, probably no great surprise, Glenn Leuven's is uh, not been offered a new contract. So um, this Sunday will be his well, his last involvement. I was going to say last game. Um, I, I, I guess it's a bit of a show of hands situation again. Um, so Sunday, would you uh, would you give Glenn his one last hurrah in a Wednesday shirt? Would you start him? If we had nothing to play for, I'd say like we do. I'd be of course give him a run out, give him a clap, give him a lap of honour. He deserves it. He, he's been there for a serious amount of time, and he came in when the club was going through a hell of a transition, and he's managed to keep his place for a serious amount of time. And by all means, if we were pushing for playoffs, I'd be like, Nah, mate. Yeah, you, you can come on for the last two minutes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's been a great servant, hasn't he? Um, what worries me is, you know, kind of where do we go from here in terms of a club captain? I know um, on the pitch, I I have no problem whatsoever with Tom Lees leading the team out and being the captain on the pitch. I think a club captain needs to be more, and Glenn Leuven's was definitely more than that. Um, I think we need to find a, a you know a natural leader of men, someone who um, can be that link between the, the team on the pitch and, um, you know, the management and the staff, but can also be someone who can really 
um, you know, evangelise what it is to be the Sheffield Wednesday captain to the fans as well. That's um, a good and, word. That is a good word. thinking that's a good that word. That is a really good word, that. But that's, what, mean, that's, what, that's what Glenn did. Glenn, Glenn was like Jose Semedo um, with better English and uh, fair hair. Is that Smaller okay arms. to say? Smaller, Smaller arms. arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the only worry for me. I don't think we're going to miss... Glenn Lubin's on the pitch because his legs went two years ago, didn't they? But um, I think it's it's a big miss. And if I was... I'll, I'll throw it out to you, gents. Um, if you were now, without us signing anybody else, if you were going to name a new club captain, not necessarily on the pitch, but a club Ooh. captain, who do you pass that armband on to now? Oh, this is devastating. That's a really good it's, question. It's going to kill me to say it. And I, oh, I'm no. sorry, Vic, Vic and Lord Ajantier, but... Vic I know, Dave, I know. No. Yeah. He's not even exactly. signed a new contract yet. You can't. You can't pick him. <laughs> well, for, for me, it's got to be... I'd give him the You can't. You can't. It's got to be Adam Reach. It's got to be Adam Reach. He was the yeah, one that he was the building, one that stood, yeah. stood uh, you know, kind of stepped up to the plate when we needed someone to last season. He's he's kind of at an age now where he can start to really develop into that kind of leader. He's shown that he can do it, that he can handle it. Um, and, yeah, I think that he's the guy that we need to be looking towards now as turning into our, our captain. Or we've got to go out and sign someone that can do it. Because I don't I think, think there is anyone else. You just... It, I think it's a bit of a traditional thing. Centre-halves are the, are the big, towering, big lions kind of style. That That's what we need at centre-half, I think. I'm not saying somebody that, that bludgeons it, but somebody that really gets hold of it. You're such and a traditionalist, really, Rich. You're such an I old know. man, aren't you? <laughs> oh, well, you know, nearly 50. These young'uns coming in here for five million quid, thinking they can take the, take the armbands. <laughs> I'd rather just have a shit kicker. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think Re- Reach is a really good shout, though, actually, because I think he is um, he's a player that could be with us for the next five years. I know there's not a lot of loyalty in football, but he, 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 he epitomises what you need in a captain, i.e., He's not. He doesn't only lead lead by example on the pitch, but he seems to be a really nice guy. He has great relationships with many of his fellow players, doesn't he? There's lots of uh, goal celebrations with, you know, with Reach's lingering hands and arms um, all over them. So yeah, why not? Let's go for it. You, you sounded like you were trying to imply something there. I mean, not very subtly, to be honest. I think no. for legal reasons, I'd just like to distance myself and the rest of the podcast. <laughs> From from, from right, whatever slurs um, Eddie is no. trying to, uh... not, not a slur. He embraces his role. That's all I'm saying. Embraces his role or embraces somebody else's role. What, what right. do you say? Hey, I don't mind. We all embrace each other's roles here at Sheffield Wednesday. That's how that's how we roll. Yeah, it's kind of roll. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, three three people who uh, he will definitely not be embracing um, next season will be Jake Keane, whose contract is not being renewed. Uh, Jacob Butterfield, who's going back to uh, Derby. I I suggest for reasons of trying to keep some kind of positivity that we don't discuss Jacob Butterfield because I'm not sure there's a great yeah. deal to be um, but, but, but to be said about him. Um, have you seen the uh, the goal of the season for Derby winner? Uh, yes, well, that would be former Sheffield Wednesday player Sam Winnall, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, uh, really. There, there's no way that he's going to be um, going to be here next season. No, I, I, I think I think we can sign that off. I think he um, he, he set his stall out, didn't he? When he when he signed for them, he, he knew that he didn't that he didn't have a real 
future at Sheffield Wednesday, which is devastating. Actually, I'm, I, I feel I feel for him. I don't feel for him. I feel for the situation. I feel actually for Jake Keane uh, that you mentioned earlier. Jake Keane is a very good goalkeeper, but the as we discussed earlier on, the three that we've got ahead of him, like yeah, yeah. you know, bless, you know, bless him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's clearly had some great I, coaching, um, you know, and we've I, had a really I, good. Go on. I, 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 did you ever see him play? Because he was shit. I saw him in a couple of games, and I saw him in he was game. Was it terrible. He played against. Was it the yeah. Benfica game? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he did play in the Benfica game. He was lousy. It was like, oh, we've got a, we've got a dud here, boys. Yeah. No, no, I'm not having it. He, he, he's a very good. I was going to say League One goalkeeper, but that's quite, you know. Dis, you know, dismissive. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll probably sign for somebody like you know Bristol City or something like that. I think he's. Uh, he's got I, something about him. Come back and I think he's got a career. I, I think he's heading to National League One, which is um, you know it's a few few div- divisions below. I will see him at Eastleigh with Ao Obayi at the back for Eastleigh Town. <laughs> I will look forward to that. <laughs> Uh, it also looks like another player that, as things stand, we won't be seeing next season is uh, Federico Venancio, uh, who, as as we stand right now, will be going back to his parent club. Um, as we understand it, it looks like there are some discussions kind of taking place behind the scenes uh, about you know, possibly him becoming a Sheffield Wednesday player full-time. The thing that makes me the most nervous about this, it's got nothing to do with his ability or or, or, or lack of or, or anything like that, really. I think that he's a, a, a fairly competent defender. Um, it's just the price tag that's been mentioned of three million pounds. I'm not if mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure whether or not that he's, in the situation looked, that we're in right that. now, that 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 would be any wise when, business. When, when, I, when he first came, I expected. I thought we were getting a Sasso again. Uh, you know my thoughts on Sasso, even though I, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm really sorry, um, but I thought he was shite, Sasso, and and I thought we got him. But Valencia, I've, well, I've warmed to him. To be fair, uh, look, <laughs> see, look, he you, is. You, you thought I thought we were getting a Sasso because he is almost as beautiful as Vincent Sasso. But <laughs> I, I think Valencia has proved that he is, um, at worst, a pale imitation of the single best defender that we've ever had at Sheffield Wednesday. That is Vincent Sasso. And I would be happy. We lost Vincent because we didn't love him enough. That's, sim- that's simple. He would have won us the title. He would have scored 30 goals. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. But Venancio is fine. So I will stick with Venancio. That's okay. And, and you know, Vincent can, you know, he'll probably sign for Real Madrid. I suspect. <laughs> so, sorry to bring this into real reality and out of Narnia for a second. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Three million quid for a squad player is a lot of money. But what yeah, the fuck, you know, are you talking about? <laughs> is uh, is uh, this might be worth mentioning that uh, in in kind of backtracking to your previous question? So um, he was uh, Venancio was club captain of the club that we signed him from on loan so they obviously see him as having you know serious kind of leadership qualities now we've pro- he's probably not really had chance to show them over here and you know maybe getting used to the league and getting used to the language although i imagine that he probably speaks very good um very good english if we keep him, is there a shout for Venancio being captain? Have you, have you, I, I can't say that I've particularly seen any qualities about him that would make me think that that could be the, 
the case? No, because bear in mind, let's, let's not forget that the Portuguese league is like the Scottish league. It's like a pub league. It's bloody <laughs> awful. You've got you've got two good teams. That's it. You know what I mean? Oh no, just no. Oh, it sound like Vic Dona. No, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, so, other news then from the uh, the retained list. Now, I've got to admit, I was a little bit surprised at this. So, Daniel Poodle has signed uh, a new one-year contract. I don't know if I'm surprised at the fact that we offered him a contract or that he signed the contract or just the fact that we've announced it on the first day of May, which is about two months earlier than we ever announced that a player has signed um, a new um, a new contract. But I tell you, I mean, he has particularly second half of the season. He has probably earned himself uh, a new one year deal. Yeah. I'm going to hazard a guess that it's probably maybe slightly reduced terms. You know, just with the age that he's at and, and whatnot now, and that you know it is probably going to be you would imagine probably as a backup rather than. Um, than anything else, but yeah, he's done enough to to earn a contract, hasn't he? Yeah, he, did, he has. He deserved it without. A doubt. I tell you, I tell you what, James. Actually, going back to your point about club captain and stuff like that, when you think about it, the players that Joss hasn't actually seen, he's never seen Gary Upa kick a ball. He's ne- he's hardly seen Forestieri. You know, you know, there's a, he's not seen Kieran Lee run around the pitch and cover the ground he can. He, he, he doesn't know really, the um, the players we've got. Do you think that he could be a potential club captain? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Is he just the wrong end of his career? But then again, that, that isn't isn't that normally how, how these things pan out. Normally when, when people are of a certain age, <laughs> they, they get a certain level. You know what I mean, and 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 all they do is cover their, you know, like, like I say, I hop back to my uh, Sunday morning football a lot of the time. I cover a lot of my lack of pace and or skill by shouting a lot. You know what I mean. So you know, <laughs> is he is he is he at that level? Is he is he someone? Because as a club captain, you need to be subscribed to the brand. You need to be subscribed to the club. You need to be a part of of what we're trying to achieve. And you know, big Dave aside, doesn't doesn't Poodle Fit that bill? Maybe. I don't hear him I, shouting I, I, an awful lot, though. Does he? Is it? Uh, I, I, look, I, you know, I, I don't spend an awful lot of time watching the back four because it's not, it, it's not my area of expertise. But I don't think Daniel Poodle's the, <laughs> you know, the guy that like Marshall's, Marshall's that back four, or even that back five. I don't see him being, uh, um, you know, when something goes wrong, he's not the one that's pulling, pulling a player away from altercation or geeing up a, a guy who's just, uh, you know, missed a chance or something like that. I think he's a, he's a good squad player, but I don't I don't look at Daniel Poodle and think natural leader. Do you? Do, do, we, do we do we see him now as a sorry I'm changing the subject a little bit. Do we see him as a left back or a centre half now? Though? I, I think yeah, possibly even as a centre half, but I don't think he has that. You know, I know Tom Lees is hardly you know very vocal up and at him no. sort of guy, but I, I I regard Daniel Poodle as a as a follower rather than a leader. That might be unfair to him, but that's just the way that I see it from the outside looking in. Maybe, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair point. But you also get these captains that lead by example, and these, you know, like we were saying about Adam Reach, about about these ones that that, that that dive in and go, "Hey, you should be doing it like me," but without actually saying it. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's I think it's somebody to consider when you when you're looking at a role like that. No, I'm not. I'm not sold. 
not neither am I much playing devil's advocate. I'm just you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking questions, just saying words. You know, ignore, ignore me. Let's move on. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> who have we talked about? Who haven't we talked about? Atty New You, sir. He's been offered a contract, uh, but hasn't signed a contract as yet. I'm, I'm going to hazard another guess here that maybe he's another player that's been redu- offered slightly reduced terms, maybe. Um, kind of thought that he's going to be a bit of a bit part player next season. Don't know. Difficult one, this, isn't it? There's a, there is, I mean, all joking aside, and we do joke about, and we do, we do debate this guy a lot, you know, he is an interesting case, isn't he, moving forward, at new you. I think, I think we said... Um... A while ago, James, didn't we? on uh, probably probably January time, that we thought he would get another another year's contract, uh, and then he went on and basically made sure that he was going to get one with the performances. I, I think he deserves another. He's obviously been they'll have offered him something. Um, his contract offers have been made. What what that is, we don't know, but I, I'm guessing it's another year. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I don't see him starting. I don't think he's good enough to do that on a regular basis. Although, eat my words, he probably has done that this this season. But, yeah, I'm just not convinced by him still. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Lord, a- Lord Ace is screaming now, isn't he? He's sat there going, oh, my God, how dare you? You know, Dave Club is going to have a big <laughs> chat about this tomorrow night under a duvet, shining torches on each other's face. But I, he's he has earned a contract. But I think you're right, James. I think he's probably only been offered a one, two-year deal at an absolute push. And um, and he is. If we get everybody back, and if you know, if some certain players kick a ball for us again, then he's going to get pushed down the pecking order, and he probably knows that. I think he should. If I'm honest, I think he should take what he can get. Okay, other players that have been um, offered new deals—they're all youth players now. Two we very much know of. George Hurst, George Hurst, I think, is a subject that we've covered to death and probably don't need to see any more on. Uh, yeah. Sean Clare, probably similar. Both players that we kind of expect are probably going to be on their way and maybe um, there'll be subjects that come back up for discussion as and when they find a club and we start talking about compensation and um, and, and whatnot. Uh, we've also offered contracts to uh, Dan Wallace, Warren Clare and Jack Lee. I have no idea. Anyone? No. <laughs> no. 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 I, honestly, that it, those last few came from a name generator. I've not heard of any of those people. I honestly thought that I had my finger on the pulse, my finger on the nub of youth at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, no, not not a clue. Who who are they? Are they players? Are they in the office? I, I've got no idea. <laughs> He's one of the tea lady. He's one of the lady. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you. You know, those those names you've just mentioned, as far as I'm concerned, sound like people that when you join a fantasy league with one of your mates, you don't really know anybody else is on the league, and they're beating you, and you go, "Who's this guy?" It's the same. It's the same reaction. I've got two <laughs> other things on my list to, um, to to bring up before we talk. Well, or we you know paid lip service to uh, Sunday's game. So one is Joey Pelopesi, who went back to his old club. On um, on Sunday to watch their game, I'm sure you saw on social media the photos of him getting a stand innovation, a very good um, a good reaction there. My question though is, uh, it's a very general one. How do you feel Joey Pelupesi has performed in his time 
with us. You know, half the season that he's been uh, been with Sheffield Wednesday. What do you take from him? Because I'm for I- me, the jury's still out a little. Uh, I was very uncertain at first, and I kind of feel like he's 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 really shown some signs of improvement. He's had some good games, but I am reminded of a very silly back pass that he made in the uh, in the Wolves game at the weekend. You know, he's still maybe just not not quite up to the pace of of this league I, yet. Maybe I, he's he's grown on me. I, I, I the last home game, I can't even remember it was now. Um, I mentioned to a few of the guys around me. Just I thought he was he looked like he's starting to get used to owning that that, that kind of sent middle of the park a little bit and and doing kind of what he's you know what what we brought him in to do with a defensive kind of midfielder. But he's I'm warming to him and I think he's get he's getting better and I think we might see a different player again next season. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing him. I'm not I'm not sure I'd start him with you know depending on what what injuries you've got, but. But. Most improved player of the season for me. Um, I I honestly at, w- at one point I had him and Butterfield pegged at the same level of yeah, oh my so... god this is yeah you know this is just th- these are bit part players they're making up the numbers they have nothing to offer. Um, honestly, I, I put my hands up. I was massively wrong. I I think he is. Um, Right now, he's playing at a level that is far higher than the level that Adam Reach was playing at. Um, you know, when he he kind of got over that hump as well, where he started off really, really shakily, um, and then kind of came, you know, came back a bit. But you still thought, is he really going to justify this? Um, you know, this transfer fee is, you know, is he the the answer to these questions that we've got? Honestly, I think Pelle Pessi has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, not not perfect. But I think in terms of his improvement from where he was, uh, yeah, I, I cannot praise him um, you know, more highly. I think he, he, he has to be part of the squad next season. And I think he will probably end up being a, uh, you know, a, a, a pretty much ever-present in the side. I really think that he has got the, uh, the right stuff. So, well, you know, we'll see. I may be wrong, but he's really improved to a point that I, I've seen, I've rarely seen Sheffield Wednesday players start from such a low base and get to, to how he's been, in, certainly in the victories, um, you know, since Easter. I know he's had a couple of dodgy uh, games where there have been dodgy moments, but I don't think he's had a dodgy game. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't agree. I, I, I think he's just okay. I, 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 you know, I'm not. Sammy Hutchinson's biggest fan, but he's a fan favourite, and he's not Kieran Lee, is he? You know what I mean? Is he a six out? He's, six he's out not of either ten? of those players, though, is he? No, no, I don't think he is. I th- he's not either of those players. He's yeah. If you ask him to be Sam Hutch, he's not as Sam Hutch as Sam Hutch is. You ask him to be Kieran Lee, he's not as Kieran Lee as Kieran Lee is. But that's not you know. I was judging him by. Uh, there's no way you can judge him by those criteria. He he's being asked to do a very different thing. He's almost being uh, I don't want to use the use the name because it comes with all kinds of values, but he's almost playing like a, a Darren Jones. Potter role. <laughs> 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 oh, he's playing, I, I, he's playing I a Darren Jones. Potter role. And you won't be Darren well, Potter. <laughs> well, look, look, we're, we're we're playing with you know, we've changed it, haven't we, under under Yoss. Right, we're changing it so that the midfield doesn't have to be um 
it doesn't have to be by and box to box necessarily. We've got that, you know, that back three. We've got the wing backs who are attacking. So it's actually it's, a, it's more of a relaxed situation that he finds himself in. But actually, I think he's he's spraying it around. He's doing everything that you'd expect a player doing that. Again, not comparing to these players, but a Kante or a DDA Deschamps. It's that sort of role. Um, I think, I, honestly, I think he's doing a really, really good job. And I think that his class will show through. I don't think he's the finished product, but I think he will continue to improve. And you know what? I'll put it out there. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And you, I'm sure you can replay this in six months, 12 months' time. Um, I think that he will be regarded amongst Wednesday fans in the same way that we have come to regard Barry Bannon or Kieran Lee or oh. you know, Rock for different reasons. I honestly do. I think he's he's a really, really good player. I just I, Whether he'll do it or not, I don't know. He might be Orlando Trustful, but he's he, he has got the raw talent. Don't be slagging off Orlando Trustful. He was a favourite of mine. I like <laughs> got some good retro references in there, didn't you? Orlando Trustful and you know Darren Potter. I mean, that's you know good. I've been, been been watching Wednesday for a while. That's all I can say. <laughs> good, I think good points all around there, and I think I kind of I kind of agree with a bit of everyone in terms of the fact that I think Fudge is right in 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 respect that I've there's there's certainly been games where I've just looked at Pelipessi and thought, well, he's not a lot different to what David Jones does, but David Jones is you know kind of universally rounded upon by uh, by Wednesdayites for just kind of running round in circles and playing short passes, and yet that's kind of what. Pelipessi's been doing in um, in some games. However, I think he's improved a lot. And you just imagine, you know, after a, a summer of, you know, really kind of getting up to championship fitness, of working with the squad game in, game out, that, you know, maybe the start of next season, he could be a really exciting um, exciting player. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good, yeah. Um, one more thing for me to raise, and this is not something that's exclusively about Sheffield Wednesday, uh, but something that is happening throughout the EFL. So at the moment, every club in the Football League is required to make and publish a match day programme and has been for yeah. many years. It's just part of the deal. If you want to be in the Football League, you have yeah. to uh, you have to do a programme. Now, there is a vote that's taking place, I think, in the next couple of weeks uh, on whether or not to continue that arrangement or whether clubs should be allowed to kind of opt out and not bother uh, producing a program. So I want to know whether or not you reckon that uh, you know the old match day program. Firstly, do you still buy one? Secondly, do you think it's still got a place in the game? I, I've got thirty years worth in boxes of programs up till I stopped buying them um, last the season before last um, because I was just I haven't got any room. <laughs> basically, <laughs> and I wasn't reading them anymore. They were just getting kind of mementos of the game. I think they've got the place. Uh, it's the same right through to non non league as all you have. That's part of the arrangement, even in non league, that you have to do a program. Um, but would hmm, is it like losing a bit of the soul of football? The program's always been there. Yeah, I I kind of feel that way, and I'm I'm like you, Rich. I've got um I've got programs from every single season. Well, originally it was every single season that I've been to see Wednesday, and every single game that I've been to see Wednesday. Um. In, in my adult years, I then went and sought out programmes to fill out the collection. So I've now got a programme for every single Wednesday game that has been played since I was born. Um, so, yeah, I'm running out of space as well. Uh, I don't read the programmes an awful lot anymore either because all of the useful information you can find at your fingertips um, online. Um, 
I would feel really sad if there was if programs weren't a thing anymore because you know what are you going to replace them with? You know, half and half scarves to to show that you've been to a certain match. You know, I heard I've got a mate who's a Spurs fan. And apparently they were selling half and half scarves for Spurs and Watford um, last night. And that, that to me, if there's no. anything about the soul no. of football, if if they get rid of programmes and the only way that a kid go, that was my first game at, at, at Hillsborough yeah. or whatever, yeah. is a half and half scarf saying, you know, Sheffield Wednesday at home to Wolves, then, you know, that's... That's horrific. That's not football, is it? So, no. yeah, I I don't think it should be compulsory, but I think that most clubs would probably still, certainly in the top two, three divisions, would probably keep them going because um, because it's an important historical record. I don't even I don't look at the programs that I get now, but I do every now and again go through some of those, you know, the programs from the seasons where either I want to just remember that season because it was a great season, or I want to think. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, Wimbledon at home that Tuesday night in '93. What you know? What, what was going on around that time? And I can look at it, and I know that Carlton Palmer has got a hat trick in the League Cup against QPR. Um, you know, uh, the week before. It's it's one of those things where it kind of places it in your memory back again. I would not like to see those go. Do you know what, Eddie? I I had exactly the same speech ready. Exactly the same one. There are kids that want. I, 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 have we all got the our first game program? You know, I, I remember having. Course, you know, I yeah. remember get, getting given this program before I went to my first ever game, and I've still got it from, you know, thirty years ago, and and I think it was a great momentum for the day. And I think you're right. I was even going to use half and half scarves as a uh, as an example, as if to go, you know, this is. There are kids now that have got these half and half scarves for Stoke versus Burnley. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you think, oh, God, that, that is horrific. And there's going to be a lot of people now listening to this going, bloody modern football, bloody hell, like, like they do. But times change. And I think, for me, the output on the programme needs to change a little bit because because we're in a world of disposable and instant information. Uh, the manager's notes, the, um, the, 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 uh, the recap of the previous game and stuff like that is already covered in, in things like this, in, in things like a podcast. So... You know, what do you put in them? And I think they're a great way of uh, releasing statements. They're a great way of engaging the uh, engaging the fan base in certain things. But is there anything that goes in them that couldn't just be put out on Twitter straight away? And are they replaced with half and half scarves? Are they now just a momentum? A memento? You, you, you talk about it maybe being a generation thing. Is it like something we had but our kids aren't bothered about? But if my kids get hold of a programme, They'll sit and read it, and they and they and they yeah. do sit and look at it. They don't just—it's not just something oh, I went to that match and they put it down. They actually look at them now, and you know, and even the names get, off on the back. Yeah, yeah. Even getting autographs or whatever that they can can slap on, and when if you hanging around the, the you know the players' interest at the end of the game, or but I think kids generally do. Oh, my kids certainly do anyway. They, they do. They do actually. They've got a purpose for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it'd be sad, but I can I understand why they're opting out. I remember when I was a uh, I was a kid, the um, the program was made by a company called JW Northend, uh, yep. a Sheffield-based printer. We yeah, we went there as a uh, as, on a school trip, and I found it fascinating. Like like I understood where the term upper and lowercase came from at the printers, at the old school printers that actually had an upper and a lowercase printer do you know what i mean that those is type that, of things and 
Is that when they were at the back of the City Hall? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think our old uh, junior school teacher used to work there when he was a kid and pulled a favour in. And, and, and I thought it was incredible. But, you know, I, I get that times move on. And is there but, a... Is there a, a print, From their point of view, North Ends, it was never a, a profit-making thing for them. It was always a turnover thing. So is there money in the programme for the club, let alone, you know, the people who actually print it as well? Sorry, well, this is it. Did, you you, know, you know, must do, have to employ someone to put it all together and stuff. He did. Like. He used to have, have like a, I think pro, he did with James a, Oldfield. A editor or something it was like James that. Oldfield. James Oldfield was a guy. So North End employed somebody from Wednesday and somebody to the United programme. That was their sole job. But it was just a turnover thing. It didn't make them profit. I was going to say, didn't when North End were printing them, didn't we used to win awards for them? We used to win awards still, for the yeah, best programme in the year and shit. We still do, and, and, and you know, I think maybe we have a different view to you know. We've all been to away games, and some of the programs that you pick up an <laughs> yeah. away game just again from Oceans, we buy it just to say, just as a memory. Oh yeah, we went to that away game, um, and they're crap. They're absolute garbage. You know, yeah. they're ninety percent adverts, and then it, the rest of it is it's sub GCSE level. You could get a work experience kid on there writing the the stuff. We've we've been blessed by um, you know the likes of you know Jason Dickinson doing his is you know history stuff. Um, you know, over the last twenty years, we've always had interesting content in those programs and I don't think it came down to the printers and I said this you know uh, in Northern's Nana Hoyland um, my Nana lived she grew up at City Hall and that was her first job printing in Northern she remembers printing the Wednesday program when it was um, you know literally two sheets of paper stapled together um, we, we've always had it and it, I think we've always had it good and that's why we're still winning awards and I think that's probably why we still sell an awful lot of programmes and even if they turn around and say no nah, programmes you don't have to do that anymore I think we probably still will because well maybe because we're quite backward in Sheffield aren't we you don't necessarily uh, engage with new media as, as quickly as other, <laughs> other teams but um, but there's something noble about it I think I, you know I think we should I, the the what you know honestly if I could change one thing about the programs is that when they became what's it called perfect binding you know where you have like a spine you know we've got mm -hmm. spines on the program now don't we as opposed to it being a load of sheets stapled together yeah yeah that now means the, the, my favorite thing about the program as a kid was the center page was always a, a player poster wasn't a it a poster yeah yeah you can't you can't do that anymore because you can't like pull those two pages out without ruining the entire program. So what I'd actually like is for them to go back to an old staple <laughs> program with a fold out, you know, four four way fold out of Kevin Pressman. Every yeah, yeah every it was single Kevin week. Pressman. Always Kevin Pressman. Four <laughs> times a season, it was Kevin Pressman. So I want that. That's all I want. I tell you what, James. The, the, James, the, when you brought this up, did you did you think you were going to get this much content out of bringing up programs? Uh, 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 no, I mean, I, this was just a bit of a filler for me, to be fair. Uh, and it was just so. I, I, the only reason I brought it up is just because I wanted to just do a gag at the end where I just went, well, there's two reasons that I'd be sad to see them go, which is the smell, which still reminds me of going to football in the 90s, but mainly the bloke who walks around the North Stand shouting, program, programs! I'd, I'd miss him. Program! That, that was it. That'd be good. You guys have just talked for 10 minutes. I've got to edit the shit out of all that lot and everything. Man. Thanks yeah. for that. Great. And Ed, just, just, just to help you through, there is a way of uh, being able to put a poster in a perfect band programme. I'll tell you about it next game. Um, I'm on tenterhooks. Is it more interesting than wow. Wolves Away? <laughs> <laughs> it's much more interesting than Wolves Away. <laughs>
Um, does anyone does anyone care enough about the Norwich match to want to say anything about it? Yeah, I think I'm going. I think I'm going to go up to it. I've uh, managed to get myself a wow. uh, bank holiday weekend off. Might come up. Might, you know what I mean? Going to have tea at my mum's, go up, watch Norwich away, have a little bit of song and dance, get some beers. What are you saying? Well, it's definitely Norwich at home, but apart from that, I thought that was a pretty That's what I meant. It's, it's away from Let's me. not go to Carrow Road. That would be the worst <laughs> away trip ever. <laughs> Just me in a boozer going, hey, where's it? <laughs> so that covers uh, covers Norwich at home then. That was, um, yeah, that was, that was good. Um, so, Fudge, if, um, yeah. if you do go, if people want to follow your exploits of your... Is this, I mean, this is an awful thing to say. Will it be your first visit to Hillsborough this season? No, I've, I've been a couple of times, haven't I, this season? I, oh, I, I know okay. I tend to go to more away times, but uh, no, I was, there, I, was, I was there for uh, for the lot for the Have first time. Have you just half of the not season. wanted to meet us for a drink for, you know, any particular uh, you know, reason? I, 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 I wouldn't even dare. I know how salty you got when I met you at Bristol City and told you I wasn't going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've seen Eddie for a drink this season either. He's in Dubai. He's he's on the Burj Khalifa. I mean, I'm in the Wednesday Out Lounge usually because that's the only place my kids will actually go because they can play football uh, outside, and you can't you can't do that on the on Riverside Road, can you? No, no, fair. (laughs) Sorry, what were we saying? What Um, we're talking about? Yeah, social media. So recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, social media, yes. Find me on uh, on Twitter uh, at Dan Fudge. Uh, there's a lot of me saying "din up" and, and there's a few knob gags on there. It's all right. It's a laugh. Good stuff, Eddie. <laughs> Nothing else to say. At Sausage Arms um, on Twitter, um, I tend to post an awful lot more outside the football season. So if you've been missing my uh, unique brand of shitty uh, Instagrams and uh, self-aggrandizement, then um, the summer is when you uh, you get it best. So yeah, let's stay in touch. Uh, and uh, and Rich, yeah, you can find me at Dicky Owl. Although. Um... If you know what I do for a job, you'll realise social media is a bit of a busman's holiday for these days. So I tend not to post as much as I used to. Um, but I might get bored and talk some shit at some point. Yeah, that's, that's selling it well, that, Rich. Good yeah, sales, really yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just follow me. I don't say much. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you can follow me at James Marriott or the podcast at TWWcast. Uh, all the many and varied other ways you can uh, get in touch with us, uh, you can do via our website, which is the Wednesday Week. .co.uk. But for now, thank you for your company and, well, for the penultimate time for me to say this season, we'll speak to you next week. Well, anyway, oh my I mean, God, there's, there's, there's some silences after I speak, isn't there? This is some, this is some goal I'm coming out with here, kids. Well, I was, well, was going to edit them out afterwards, but I can't now, can I? Because you've <laughs> talked about him, you great donkey. <laughs> you know why? It's because.
every every other week, whenever there's that silence, there's a reliable voice which goes, absolutely. <laughs> is, is that what it is? <laughs> That's what we're missing. A Scottish Lord H. <laughs> or Jamaican. I don't know. <laughs> you actually reminded me then of, um, of Victor Meldrew, the way that you did it. Absolutely. Victor Meldrew, uh, the new host of the Wednesday Week podcast. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.